Pond.com. It's time now for a Pond Further Review with your host, Josh Norman, here on WJQS The Fan. Welcome in to a mo- another Monday night upon further review here on 106.3 FM, also on WJQSTheFan.com. You can find us on the iHeartRadio app, radio.com, the TuneIn Radio app. Uh, and we thank you for joining us wherever you are, wherever you, whatever you're doing this Monday night, grabbing some dinner, on the road, traveling, be safe. A lot of rain out there over the weekend. Uh, but uh, certainly you're thankful that you are here with us. We are in the Garner Dental Group Studios. Garner Dental Group is a collection of 18 dental and orthodontic offices that are conveniently located across Mississippi. They offer complimentary whitening for new hygiene patients. You can check out their interactive map, LakeGarnerDentalGroup.com, or call 1-271-8710 to find one of their five metro locations as well as others across the state and region. They do accept most insurance, Medicare, and care credit. So get in and get your mouth healthy at Garner Dental Group. Joined in studio by Bill Wilson on the board. Bill, how are we doing this evening? Oh, doing good. You know, just coming back from the long weekend there. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was a good long, long, long yeah, weekend just a couple you. of days, but it was just a long weekend. You know, just a lot of sitting around. All the rain. Yeah. Couldn't do anything. You know, Bill, I'm disappointed tonight. And uh, I didn't get a chance. You know, we had a flyer in here for a bodybuilding contest. And, yeah. And nobody told me about it. Well, it's only been hanging on that wall over there for like a, yeah. about three weeks. <laughs> well, You were I, gone for a lot of the time it's been hanging. I was curious stuff. if they just didn't tell me because they didn't feel like I would uh, be a be a, a, a reasonable competitor or I, I wasn't mm, sure. I don't think you're going to compete, but <laughs> like I told you, I don't have a, I don't have a six pack. I have a keg. Yeah. So, I mean, so that was not for us. We do hope no, it went well. No, no, one one for us. I think it did go pretty well. That was Gordon and, and uh, Cindy Ware that put that on, and uh, Jackson Academy's Auditorium, which is an unbelievable facility, uh, hosted that as well as I believe uh, some of the events were at uh, at the uh, Hyatt Place as well. So yeah, I think um, you were gone, and then we had baseball, so we yeah. weren't even in here when they were promoting no, we, that. Yeah, I, I've uh, we we missed a, a few weeks there <laughs> yeah. between vacations and Mississippi State baseball. It was worth it though for state to win that championship. We no have doubt. A, we have a banner hanging over in the other studio over Love there. Love it. Love it. The we need to get a banner. We need to get something hanging up in here. Yeah, we need to work on Jake. I get think some, Jake was getting that one. So. Get some autographs. Jake, if you're out there, we <laughs> need some we need some new uh some new digs up here in the walls here on the 106.3 studio. He's been so, promising that, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, we're, we're going to see if we can uh, if we can talk to Jake and get that yeah, done. He's a big talker. Big show tonight. Big show tonight. We've got uh, Teddy Dice, head football coach at Ridgeland High School, um, will be joining us in the next segment. So uh, that'll be a, a fun interview. Teddy's a, a great guy. Uh, won a state championship at McGee High School last year and uh, has taken the Ridgeland job after Sam Williams left to go to Brandon High School. So uh, excited about having Teddy on and uh, talking all things Titan football and uh, what he's been doing this summer, what his program's looking forward to. Uh, Then at 6.30, we will welcome welcome in Robert Wilson. And uh, Robert runs MississippiScoreboard.com. He has had some exceptional articles out here recently about some athletes uh, here in the in the uh, metro area, 
And so we want to preview a couple of those and direct you towards his stuff, his site, and talk to Robert about uh, some of those athletes. Um, And so we'll have him on 630 to 645. You won't want to miss that either. Uh, Then we'll finish up the first hour uh, talking some more high school athletics. Just a reminder, you know, over the coming weeks, we're going to try to get to as many uh, high school football coaches as we can leading up to week one in the high school season uh, to let you hear directly from them what they're excited about about their programs, what separates them, what makes them transformational as a coach as opposed to transactional. And uh, certainly we think that Teddy fits that mold, so he will be great to have. Robert will be great to have uh, on his heels there uh, from 630 to 645. We'll close out the first hour with some uh, shout-outs and highlights to uh, some high school athletes. And then uh, in the second hour, we're going to uh, talk about the NBA Finals, uh, the Open Championship in Colin Morikawa, and uh, some unbelievable statistics about that young man. People don't realize uh, what he was able to accomplish this past weekend in England at Royal St. George's, and uh, and what he's been able to do puts him in very, very rare company uh, and has not been done since the start of the 19th century. So uh, some fun stuff to talk about there. And, uh, and then we'll welcome in the judge. He's got a flag that's going to be thrown and uh, it's going to be a great, uh, great opportunity for dialogue. Uh, we want this show to make you better, and so that's what we strive each and every Monday night is to bring content to you uh, that uh, highlights uh, the right people, that highlights incredible achievement, and uh, that creates dialogue that's a lot of fun and interactive. So big show in store, and we thank you for joining us wherever you are. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in to 106.3. Uh, FM, if you're in the Jackson metro area, WJQSTheFan.com, if you're tuning in outside of the Jackson metro area or anywhere else in the world. Uh, so fun times ahead, and uh, we're going to uh, to bring a lot of uh, positive content your way. And, I, you know, I start with uh, when we when we talk about high school athletics, you know, we can't we're, – we're, we're getting to this buildup. Of, of of the high school seasons and and some of those you know specifically volleyball starts the the last week of this month around the first of August and so we're two weeks out from playing our first events and all indicators we're hoping in the next couple of weeks to have the MHSA um, um, executive director Mr. Hinton on uh, along with we had Les Triplett on in the spring and we're going to try to talk to him as well just to find out what these uh, high school associations are uh, giving as guidance to their member schools with regards to fan participation uh, as COVID seems to be picking up a little bit. Uh, the Delta variant is causing some, uh, some, uh, some issues. You've seen it with the United States uh, Olympic teams. Uh, you've heard about it in the Yankees-Red Sox series. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that it's starting to impact sports. And one of the questions is going to be, look, everybody's excited about getting back into a gym or onto a field and cheering these young people on and socializing with, with other uh, fans and parents and so much so much joyous time. We, we, we heard uh, Coach Columns from Madison Central talk about the tailgating that takes place out there every Friday night, and that's a, that's a big deal coming up. And certainly, you know, there's some things that everybody can do uh, as we we move towards that, but I, I really hope that we stay on that path, and that we're not deterred from our opportunity to give these kids uh, some normalcy with regards to their school year and their season. 
And uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit more in the show as well. But but high school sports are coming. Uh, football is right around the corner. I saw there's there, there you know there's still uh, a lot of teams participating in seven on seven events. And you're you're watching and you're seeing all of these groups putting on the final touches. They'll start two a days, uh, probably somewhere around the end of this month, and then they'll move into school starting and then. Uh, Jamborees, probably somewhere around the 13th and the 20th, depending on when their seasons actually start. And then the regular season will be here, and it's it's uh, it's go time. So uh, it's coming. Some interesting stuff out of the SEC. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about what um, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey had to say with regards to the um, uh, thresholds with regards to COVID and what the expectation is going to be there for teams as they begin fall sports, as well as what happens if those thresholds aren't met and a team has to, a team doesn't have enough to compete. And you know what? The big word, not the F word that you're thinking about, but forfeit mm-hmm. is what's going to happen. And so there's a lot to talk about. And, you know, they, those are all things that are really outside the control of so many, but they are a part of what we're going to discuss. And I look, I had this conversation with my wife and, uh, you know, our kids are in an amazing school, um, and and we are so fortunate that they had the ability to be in school all year last year. Um, and and I told my wife, I said, listen, if if our kids just if they have to wear a mask again, hey, it's okay. I just want them to be around other kids again, to learn that social uh, aspect. You know, do I want them to have to wear a mask? No, but do I get it? Sure. But I would certainly rather for my kids to be in person in school uh, as opposed to to not. And so, uh, you know, there's some sacrifices all along the way that you have to make. And certainly we've talked about how uh, in this show we don't talk about politics. We're going to talk about how COVID interacts with sports. Uh, but unfortunately, it's a health care issue that's been turned political. And that's party, part of the problem. So we won't dissect that aspect of it. But what we will is dissect Ridgeland football coming up next. We're going to have head football coach for the Ridgeland Titans, Teddy Dice, join us to tell us about what's going on over there with the Titan football program and more. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more upon further review right after this. Welcome back in. Upon further review, I am your host, Josh Dorman. We are in the Garner Dental Group Studios, and we are privileged to be joined now by head football coach at Ridgeland High School, Teddy Dice. Teddy, how are you this evening? Doing great. How are you doing, Josh? Man, I, I cannot complain. Um, I, I've got to ask you just right off the bat, tell me about my man, Caleb Schufelt. <laughs> Caleb's doing a great job for us. I, I hired Caleb last year at McGee and he ran our offense for us last year and, and did a great job. And, and Caleb is Caleb especially is beyond his years. 
Uh, he does an amazing job with kids, and, and he just he's a kid magnet. And kids love him. Kids love playing for him. And on top of that, he's he's really sharp offensively. And uh, whenever I got the job at Ridgeland, you know, he was he was my first first priority to get here. So I was able to bring him up here with us as well. Well, I'll tell you what, you could not have a better one with you. I have a special place in my soul for not just him but his family, and uh, you, you've got a you've got a great one there. So, uh, coach, you were at McGee last year, won a state championship, and the whole McGee athletic department, for that matter, had a tremendous year. Um, and you make the ride up forty nine, a little bit up fifty five here to Ridgeland High School. Uh, talk about that transition over the summer. Have you and your family gotten settled, and and uh, what's that transition been like for you? Man, it's been awesome. People have really been receptive to us and and, and, and welcomed us with open arms. Um, you know, we, we were totally happy at McGee, and, and God placed this opportunity there for us and worked everything out. And I mean, it's it's been a good deal so far. And got to get got to get started here on April the first. So been going here since April the first, and we got moved up in June. So uh, really been full time since April the first. But really able to get our feet planted and get things going. Uh, since we got moved up in June. Good for you. Now, you have a son. Um, did he graduate last year, or is he going to be a senior this year? He's going to be a senior okay. this year. All right, fantastic, fantastic. So you've got one more year with him. Uh, and I noticed on your on your, your Twitter, you guys are doing a lot with your senior seniors. Talk a little bit about your, uh, not just expectation uh, for your seniors, but how you uh, how you guys build your seniors as uh, as as the leadership of your program. One of the things we do is we try to be very relational, and we 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 meet one on one with all of our players, but we especially meet one on one with our seniors and try to identify who our leaders are. And and then the next step in that is teaching them how to be leaders. You know, a lot of people want to be leaders, and some people I, I think are natural leaders, but some people have to be taught how to be leaders. And so we kind of let them know what the the leadership characteristics are and what's expected of those guys because they're they're not only going to be leaders for a football team. They're going to be leaders in the hallways at school. And let's face it, they're seniors, so they're about to go into the world of work or they're about to go, go to college. And when you go to college or go to work, you're more on your own, and then you really have to develop those leadership skills to survive. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so I got to watch you guys play last year. It was in um, – it was at McGee. I can't remember who you played, but uh, but it was in the, in the playoffs. It may have been the, the semifinal game. I can't remember. But uh, anyway, you, you, you like to run a little bit of a version of, uh, you know, some form of spread. You, you, you like to, uh, you know, obviously you had a great athlete at quarterback uh, in Pittman, but you also had some other tremendous athletes out on the field as well. Um, talk about uh, your, your theory, your philosophy, uh, you know, on the offensive side of the ball and what we can expect from Ridgeland football. Well, one of the things we want to do is get our best 11 players on the field, and, and you've got to take advantage of what you're given in a particular spot. Uh, we want to be a balanced offense. When I say we want to be balanced, we're going to take what the defense gives us. We're not going to go out there and necessarily be 50-50 every Friday night. There's going to be Friday nights where we're going to run it more than we throw it. There's going to be Friday nights where we throw it more than we run it. But we still want to have the ability to do what we want and dictate to the defense what we want to do. We will be, because of personnel, we will be a full-wide team this year, uh, one back and a quarterback in the backfield, because that's our best personnel grouping right now. We think we've got six really special receivers that can rotate in and out there. And then, you know, we have an Under Armour All-American and Aiden Williams. So uh, we're going to keep those guys on the field and keep the field spread out. And 
make people defend every inch of the field. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's tough. That's uh, that's tough. Well, that's that's terrific. Now, uh, talk about a little bit about your culture. Uh, so we have we share some 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 common friends. My my relationships in the coaching world run deep, uh, and and certainly you know one of the things that follows you, and one of the things I like to talk about is culture and 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 why you are known as a transformational coach, not a transactional coach. You, your your desire for your young men goes beyond the game of football. It goes to life, goes to emotion, spirituality, whatever it may be. Talk about your culture and maybe two or three non-negotiables that you have in establishing your culture. Uh, one of the things we, we certainly live our life by, and if you follow me on Twitter, I almost hashtag everything with TPW, Tough People Win. And the reason we do that, that's not necessarily about physical toughness, which, you know, it does play into it. But in order to make it in life, you got to be tough. In order to do the right thing, you know, it's tough. And uh, in order to get up every morning and be at work at 6.55 and work till 4 o'clock or whatever, some people work two jobs to uh, support their family and making the right decisions and doing the right things, you got to be tough to do that. So uh, being tough is one of our non-negotiables. Next thing we, we really believe in, and we got bracelets that says family, F-A-M-I-L-Y, forget about me, I love you. And we try to teach our kids not to be selfish. Uh, to look out for their fellow man and and really love the people around them more than even themselves. And, mm. You know, I'm a Christian. I don't hide that. And that you know, our Savior came and died on the cross for that. So I think that's the greatest example of, of all. And if we in society can get to the point that we don't worry about ourselves and our feelings and our political beliefs and religious beliefs so much and care about and love others, I, th- I think we'll see our area, our state, our nation, our world improves so much. So we try to teach our kids to care about and love each other and not just themselves. Man, that's positive. That's that's a, that's amazing right there. Uh, all right, so on the field, you've got August 20th. Uh, you start out, I'm assuming that's either a, a two, two-quarter two scrimmage or a jamboree with Lawrence County? Yes, sir. Okay, and then, you, and then you've, got, uh, you've got Northwest Rankin on the road. That's a big opening test, 6A school here local. Um, talk about the schedule. Uh, I see you've got an open date, October one, uh, where are you, how do you break your schedule down to your players? Do you, you know, do you talk them week by week, minute by minute, practice by practice? How do you break that down to where they don't start looking forward to uh, certain dates on the schedule? Hey, I break the schedule, uh, the schedule down in different parts. It's a little bit different, especially us being in a nine team region, but those first two games, Northwest Rankin and Pearl, they are more like preseason games. Uh, they're getting you ready for division play. Now that we want to be 2-0 and coming out of those games, you talk on right, we're going to put everything we can into winning it. But if you want to make the playoffs, you want to make make a run of the state championship, you've got to be really rolling in one of the division games. So September 10th when we play Jim Hill and hopefully on our new turf, uh, hopefully our, they're, they're putting new turf down in our place, hopefully on our new turf and Get going in that division, want to know. But now, uh, Sam didn't do me any favors letting me open up with Northwest Ranking. That's, that's the kind of game we want to play because, in order to win a state championship, you're going to have to beat them in the show with Central's and West Jones and West Points and Fayette for the world. So, you might as well line up and play good quality 6A programs here in the Metro to, to prepare your kids for that. Yeah, no question. And those are definitely two uh, very, very solid opponents that you will have there on the front end of your schedule. Uh, what's been one of the most exciting things that you've encountered uh, since your transition to Ridgeland there uh, April 1st? 
just the kids, uh, they they are so excited. They they want things to go good. They want to do good. Uh, their their efforts to please people and, and try to make people happy every day. You know, they, they come to work every day. They're they're there every day, ready to learn, ready to get better. And just being around those kids every day. I mean, I'm a kid kid magnet, and I love being around kids. So just being around my kids every day and watching them learn, watching them get better, and watching them improve as young men and as a football team. Mm, that's powerful. Coach, you are a transformational coach. The Metro is better off with you in it. Uh, thank you for taking a few minutes here tonight to join us to talk about Ridgeland football. Uh, good, look, good luck to you and my boy Caleb Schufelt and the rest of the Titan football team. Uh, we'll stay in touch. Thanks for joining us, Coach. Have a great season. Thank you, Josh. No doubt. That was Coach Teddy Dice, head football coach, Ridgeland High School. The Titans, he mentioned that they open up uh, with two tough games, Northwest Rankin and Pearl. And not only are they 6A local opponents, but they are both on the road. I like uh, how he calls them preseason games. Yes. That's pretty tough preseason games. That's a tough games. preseason. <laughs> but, but look, you, you know, when you're, when you're in his shoes, yeah. you know, you've got to understand that, yes, you want to win, but, but here's, here's ultimately where our goal is. That's why it's always interesting to me to hear about how different coaches vision their schedule. Right. Because at the end of the day, you know, you can, you, you can get caught up looking at a certain game too much or looking past an opponent that you really don't need to. And uh, certainly I'd expect Coach Dice and his coaching staff. Uh, we mentioned Caleb Schufelt. Uh, I believe he's the offensive coordinator there. And the rest of that staff, they're going to have those guys ready uh, for Lawrence County and, uh, and then Northwest Rankin to open up the regular season. want to remind you about Jerry Brewer. Jerry Brewer is a trusted choice advisor with Southern Gulf States Insurance. You can contact Jerry at 601-952-3525 or at southerngulfstates.com. Jerry Brewer, my insurance agent, give him a call. He can uh, he can he can take care of anything that you need. So we thank uh, Teddy Dice for joining us, head football coach at Regional High School. Uh, going to be a great year over there for those uh, young people. And up next, we've got Robert Wilson from Mississippi Scoreboard. You won't want to miss that. Some really cool stories in store. So uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more upon further review right after this. Welcome back to Upon Further Review with Josh Dorman. Call us on our caller line at 601-366-1180. Welcome back in Upon Further Review. We are in the Garner Dental Group studios, and uh, we welcome you in and are delighted now to be joined by Robert Wilson of MississippiScoreboard.com. Also has a mobile app, Facebook page, and you can find Robert on Twitter 
Just search Mississippi MS Scoreboard. Robert, how are you this evening, my friend? Hey, Josh. Doing fine, man. Thanks for having me tonight. Yeah, no doubt. We're so uh, thankful for you to join us. And listen, for those that, that don't know Robert, I want to I want to mention this very quickly. Uh, Robert has a long history. I believe uh, it was 23 years between the Jackson Daily News and Clarion Ledger. Is that right? Yeah, I started when I was 10. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You've won uh, multiple national awards, though, as a sports sports writer, author, and publisher, editor as well. And and uh, so we're delighted to have some of your caliber here on the show. And thank you for taking a few minutes. And what what interests me is you and I share a a, a shared interest in 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 putting out stories about high school athletes. And we try to do that from the six to seven uh, block here on the show every Monday night. And and I read an article. There was two. I want to hear more about. Uh, Terry's Devin Ree and uh, the article you wrote about him uh, transferring from Terry High School to Oak Hill Academy, which is a basketball powerhouse in Virginia. What's the story there? Well, uh, first of all, Josh, uh, you mentioned me being Clarion Ledger. Let me tell you about uh, Devin Ree. His father, Tyrone Ree, played at Jim Hill High School, Jack's Public Schools, back. Uh, in the eighties and, uh, was a great point guard. And they, he made the all, when I, when I did the all Metro team back in the day with the Clarion ledger, he was on the first team all Metro team and went play to Southern Cal. Wow. So I'm just a little background on him. A lot of people may not know that, which is real interesting. Uh, but he was like about six, one, but Devin's like six, eight. So, yeah. uh, yeah. Devin has really shot off the charts and he's, uh, Kentucky, LSU, a bunch of SEC schools warned him, but he committed to LSU last year and uh yeah uh that's interesting we went to going to oak hill which is like you said one of the major players in the country they won i believe seven championships i think yeah um, you know and i guess i don't know the story but i just talked to his coach and he felt like it's a good opportunity to go up there and play this competition from great players around the country try sure. to improve his game um so i, I don't know if lsu had anything to do with that or not that might be awesome we really want you to get better and maybe a national program. And uh, he decided to do that. Yeah. His parents were all for it. Well, he's, he's the ranked number 69 in the country, according to ESPN. Um, so it's a loss for the state from the standpoint of, of having an opportunity to watch a, a young man of that caliber. Uh, yep. However, you know, you, you kind of, we lost one, uh, you know, to move out of state and we gained one coming to Raymond that you, uh, you mentioned. Yeah, that's and that's right. uh, Eric Payman Jr., who's an incoming sophomore, uh, but he's a 6'9 sophomore coming into Raymond High School, coming out of First Love Christian Academy in Pennsylvania. Um, and I guess uh, you, you wrote in here that um, he's considered one of the best sophomores in the state, and, and I guess his parents are in Raymond. Is that correct? That's right, yeah. They decided kind of just the opposite. They said, okay, he's been up there a year. In fact, he was at JA, and I don't know how long he was at JA, Jackson Academy, right. before he went to uh First love up there, and then Pennsylvania. But now they decided. Look, they went back home, and they're Raymond, and they know Tony Tadlock does a great job there at Raymond High School. And, you know, been in the four A championship game for, I guess, five years in a row. Right, won three of them. So uh, great program, and man, they've already they got some great guards. But man, they can really they'd probably be ranked maybe number one team in the state possibly now. Yeah, that's all a, classes. That's a big time pickup, and he's only a sophomore, so he'll be around uh, for a few years and. uh I'm sure he'll he goes do, to Oak Hill, you know. 
Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> you never know. It's 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 it could always it's always a um always an interesting uh domino effect there, isn't it? Well, look, you know, there's a lot of I I, I used to do a tennis comp for Clarion Ledger, and there's been a bunch of guys or girls that were great tennis players that went down to Bradenton, uh, Florida, to play right. tennis in the tennis academy down there back when they were in seventh and eighth grade and stuff. But you don't hear of any many basketball players going to do this from Mississippi much. Yeah, the last one I remember was LaQuentin Ross played at People's mm-hmm. Middle School and then I believe Callaway. And mm-hmm. uh, and he wound up at, um, at uh, I can't remember the name of the school, but, uh, you know, he was a very highly recruited young man. And um, that was the last one I was trying to think of, of who uh, who we've seen. Uh, maybe pre- previous to that would have been Renardo Sidney, but – one other player that's not leaving the state, we hope, is Madison Booker from Germantown that's High right. School. What an amazing story that young lady is uh, out of Germantown playing in the U-16 United States. Uh, what do you know about her and her story? I had the chance to watch her play one time uh, last year or two years ago, but, man, that young lady is special. Well, let me go back to uh, the family tree again. Uh, when I was covering for the Clarion Ledger, her dad, Carlos, played Southern Miss and was his 16. Wow, and uh, he, uh, I believe he led the. I know he led conference saying block shots, but he's a real good player. Then and you know in uh, Madison, I didn't. I thought that might be who that was when I started covering her two years ago, and sure enough, it was. I saw him one night in, in a ball game. Got a chance to visit with him for a while, but yeah, she's a great player. She, you know, she's played uh, started as an eighth grader at Germantown. They've got all kind of talent up there. Yeah, they got uh, another girl that's really good. It's uh, made the mile Metro team. They got a rising eighth grader or ninth grader that scored like 30 or 40 points in the semis and the finals of a junior high game last year in the championship. So they're loaded. They're going to be really, really good this year. Yeah, yeah they uh, were runner up. They've they, uh, they're doing last year. They're doing a great job over there um, in in women's basketball for sure. And and uh, certainly, you know, hey, shout out to Scott Brown, interim uh, head football coach over there. Uh, he'll do a terrific job. But um, talk to me about – look, I, one of the things that I love about following uh, following your Twitter is is your your cartoon uh, oh, yeah. of the week. All right, so, yeah. uh, you know, to give credit to it, it's is it Ricky Noble? Ricky Noble, that's okay. right. Yeah, he does a great job. In fact, uh, you know, he's done one every week. I don't know for how long, but it's – I guess we started that last year. But he's a, it's, it's a great kind of a story, you know. It's a good thing to highlight and people – Really like it, and uh, just get a lot of a lot of uh, likes on it, and people share it, you know, and everything. So it's going real well. He just kind of does his own thing. Yeah, you guys have done a have done a terrific job uh, in that. And and one of the people that you highlighted recently was a, a young man out of McGee. We just had McGee High School's former head football coach Teddy Dice, who's now up at Ridgeland High School, on with us. But McGee's mm-hmm. Brennan McNair owns the title of the only high school baseball player in the state of Mississippi selected in this year's Major League Baseball draft. Yeah, you know, all the talk was on uh, Braden Montgomery from Madison Central. Then apparently, I was talking to their coach the other day, apparently, you know, he just wanted to go to Stanford. So they kind of, everybody backed off of him. They didn't even pick him at any point. Sometimes they have like a throwaway pick, like you remember Jerrion Ely. Right. He told them, you know, he didn't want to, well, he kind of gave them, I think, a number or something, you know, maybe first round or something like that. And somebody picked him late, 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 kind of a throwaway pick, but nobody even did that. Right, right. But McGee's uh, – He's going to Stanford. You know, he's got like a 
I don't know what he made on the ACT, 34, 35, something like that. But uh, he's going to be a great player. He's going to be definitely be in the College World Series probably some point in his career. Yeah, he's the epitome of a student athlete, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, uh, McNair, he's not related to Steve McNair. We checked on that. And there's a lot of McNairs down there in the uh, McGee area. Right. But, yeah, that would be great. I don't know what he's going to do. I'm with South Alabama. So we'll see. That's fantastic. Listen, if you are not already doing so, we encourage you to follow Robert Wilson, Mississippi Scoreboard on Twitter. Uh, you can also uh, visit his website, MississippiScoreboard.com. Tons of great content. Uh, does an exceptional job. Robert, we appreciate you joining us tonight and look forward to visiting again soon. Thanks so much, Josh. You do a great job as well. Thank Thanks you, so my much. friend. Bye-bye. We'll be back with more upon further review right after this. Josh Dorman on WJQS, The Fan. Welcome back in upon further review. I am your host, Josh Dorman. We are in the Garner Dental Group Studios. Also want to remind you about Randy Watkins Golf Group. You can visit randywatkinsgolf.com to find out more about uh, the courses that they have, the events that take place, and uh, the fun that can be had. They have fried chicken out there at uh, Whisper Lake and Lake Caroline. Uh, plate specials, all kinds of stuff going on out there. So randywatkinsgolf.com for more information. They have Patrick Farms, Whisper Lake, and Lake Caroline uh, within their golf group. And uh, obviously Randy joins us the first Monday of, uh, of each month for Tea to Green with Randy Watkins here in the 6 to 7 uh, hour of our show. And uh, certainly will be fantastic to talk with him again. Two weeks from tonight, he'll be back on with us, and we'll talk a lot of golf, a lot of stuff going on. Chad Ramey uh, was in great spot on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, Davis Riley uh, was on the Barbasol Open, which is uh, which is which runs a parallel to the Open Championship, and uh, he had a, a decent finish there. And uh, you also had Jonathan Randolph, who – uh, had a decent finish on the Corn Ferry Tour as he tries to push in to that top 75. So a lot to talk about with Randy Watkins when he's on with us here in a couple weeks. But uh, visit randywatkinsgolf.com for more information about his courses and the different events going on. I will be playing in the club championship next month, and uh, my golf game is not ready, but my mind is. And so that's all that matters. I'm going to go out there and enjoy it. And have a good time. I'm going to try to give you an update on Corn Ferry real quick to see where Chad Ramey uh, ended up. Um, let's see here. Chad was tied, I believe, for fourth going into the final round. But uh, he certainly had a um, a big-time finish. And he is now number three on the Corn Ferry uh, points list. And what that means is... He's he's just about guaranteed himself his his card. Uh, Davis Riley has dropped to seventh, but he played on the PGA Tour last week. Um, but he is Chad Ramey is, is has guaranteed himself his PGA Tour card. And if you remember our conversation with Randy a couple weeks back, you know we asked the question about you, you have a, a certain amount of spots. Let's say 145 um, for each tournament. Well, 125 of those are you know you have. The top 125 in the PGA Tour that are that that have um, their tour card. Then you have exemptions, medical exemptions, whatever it is. 
but where you rank on that top 25 is important um, to begin to be able to get in maybe to a few of the uh, a few more of the mid-range events and you don't have to play uh, the smaller events each week although that's not a bad thing because on the PGA tour now uh, you can do exceptionally well uh, just just having played in those Jonathan Randolph is a 95th and uh, he's got some ground to make up it looks like he's about a hundred points out of um, maybe 130 points out of the 75th spot. So he'll need some some good uh, finishes down the stretch. Delighted to have had Teddy Dice, Ridgeland football, join us here earlier in the hour uh, to talk all things Ridgeland football. Um, he talked about one of the most important things about his culture is that tough people win. And one of the things he mentioned that I like is that doesn't always just necessarily mean physically tough. You've got to be emotionally tough, spiritually tough, uh, mentally tough, and uh, and so tough people win is a is a motto that they operate from. He also talked about his acronym for family, um, and uh, uh, F A M I L Y. I think it's forget about me, I love you, and uh, what a t- concept for a team to adhere to. You know, number one, this is a group of young men. And you're teaching young men that it's okay to love the person next to you. And, boy, wouldn't our world be a lot better off if we could figure that out across the board and stop worrying about, uh, oh, you're a such-and-such fan, so I don't like you. Or you're this political uh, party, I don't like you. Or, you know, what is it, what what happened to the the ideals of humanity and saying, look, we may not agree on who we pull for, but at the end of the day, it doesn't have to be adversarial. You know, we can we can disagree on 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 who our favorite teams are or what our political beliefs are or whatever the case is. But at the end of the day, it doesn't have to be adversarial. Uh, we need a lot more of that family acronym that Coach Dice and the Titan football program use, and that is family. Write this down. F-A-M-I-L-Y. Forget about me. That's where it starts. I love you. It's powerful. There's a lot of power in those words, and we appreciate Teddy Dice uh, bringing that to us. Uh, we love to keep track of some of these things that these coaches say. Uh, we are obviously big-time fan of our high school coaches here in the state, and we love to highlight all the positive things. If you're wondering what it takes to be a high school coach, try doing all the things you don't want to do. You know, um, Maybe it's as a parent, maybe it's a friend. Uh, High school coaches uh, do, and middle school coaches do so much more than what their sport dictates. Uh, There's so many different moving pieces to it, and we are respectful and thankful for all of our middle school and high school coaches and for the jobs that they do uh, for their young people. So uh, we appreciate Teddy Dice joining us. Then we're joined by Robert Wilson. Uh, Mississippi Scoreboard, I encourage you to follow him, MississippiScoreboard.com. Also, you can find him on Twitter at Mississippi Scoreboard. He also has an app that you can download. Previously wrote for the Clarion Ledger and Jackson Daily News. Uh, just a, a, a phenomenal writer, uh, the way that he brings stories to light. We talked about the young man from Terry High School. It'll be going to Oak Hill Academy, uh, number ranked number 69 in the nation uh, in, in uh, basketball. And so that's a loss for Terry High School, a gain for um, for Oak Hill Academy in Virginia. And I also talked a little bit about the young man that was taken in the draft, McGee's Brennan McNair, 
the only high school player in the state of Mississippi taken in the Major League Baseball draft. And, you know, Robert mentioned some of the different details on that and how sometimes teams shy away from other guys. A guy like Braden Montgomery had already made it clear that uh, that he was going to Stanford. He wanted to be at Stanford. And so there's a lot of different things that go into play. But certainly you can't take anything away from the fact that Brendan McNair was the only high school baseball player in the state of Mississippi selected in the Major League Baseball draft uh, this year. And then we obviously mentioned Madison Booker. What a highlight for our state. Uh, phenomenal young lady. Um, speaking of, of, of phenomenal young ladies, we will have one on our show during this hour next week. And uh, this young lady, we will uh, put it on Twitter, so you need to follow us upon underscore sports to find out who it is. But I promise you, she's doing big things, not just in the state of Mississippi, but nationally in her sport, just like Madison Booker is. So we will have her and her coach join us live from in the studio next week as, uh, as we continue to bring you stories about Mississippi athletes, Mississippi coaches, uh, high schools, middle schools that are getting it done on their respective playing service surfaces. I uh, want to remind you about Blue Cross Blue Shield, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi, bcbsms.com. They sponsor our listener line as well as our text line, and uh, we encourage you to live healthy and live blue. Been a great hour to talk about high school sports, and I want to remind you to get out this fall. Go check out a sporting event. Uh, watch what takes place as the purity and the joy of high school athletics still exists. And it's in the commitment of coaches, the commitment and dedication of players, uh, the team chemistries that are built on campuses all across this great state. And the, the opportunity that you get to see that is on a Monday night or Tuesday night in the gym, Thursday night on a softball field, uh, you know, in the gym on a volleyball court. Maybe it's at Choctaw Trails um, on a Wednesday watching these young people run cross country. Friday night on a football field. You know, whatever night on a soccer field. There's so many young people that are passionate about themselves, their careers, but they're passionate about their teams their talent. Somebody asked me the other day, what's the difference between talent and potential? Talent is God-given. Potential is what you do when you combine the talent and your work ethic. That's when you decide what your potential is. So watch what these young people do when they combine their talent and their work ethic and fulfill their potential. That's going to wrap up hour one. Once again, thanks to Teddy Dice, regional high school head football coach, as well as Robert Wilson for joining us. Hour two coming up next, we've got some NBA finals coverage, NBA draft. Uh, We've also got um, some Olympics coverage. We're going to talk about the Open Championship and much more as the judge will also join us later in hour number two. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more upon further review right after this. It's time now for Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Dorman, here on WJQS The Fan. Welcome back in Garner Dental Group Studios. 
Garner Dental Group is a collection of 18 dental and orthodontic offices conveniently located across Mississippi. Complimentary whitening for new hygiene patients is available. Check out the interactive map, LakeGarnerDentalGroup.com, or give them a call at 601-271-8710 to find one of their five metro locations or others across the state and region. Most insurance, Medicare, and care credit are accepted, so get in and get your mouth healthy at Garner Dental. We're going to have open phone lines for the next couple segments. want to hear from you as well as uh, get your text. The Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi uh, listener line, 601-366-1180. We're going to be discussing the NBA Finals, uh, the NBA Draft, the Open Championship, and the Olympics. So we'd love to hear from you on any of those topics. You can text us at 601-817-0106. Uh, that is, once again, sponsored by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. And uh, we would uh, welcome you joining us here on the show here for the next couple segments before we welcome in the judge and uh, uh, what he has to throw the flag on and his good call and bad call of the week. Always a fun segment, or a couple of segments, I should say. Uh, NBA Finals. So there's a couple things in play here. Um. And one of the things that, that, that not a lot of people are talking about is the early success of Chris Paul. And, and I've been a fan of that pickup for the Phoenix Suns, what he's done for Aiton, Booker, which, by the way, interesting stat here, uh, Devin Booker is the first Mississippian to play in an NBA Finals game. So we are... Uh, based here in Mississippi. So that's uh, certainly, uh, remember, he played three years, sophomore, junior, and senior year at Moss Point High School down on the coast of Mississippi. And he is now the first Mississippian to uh, play in an NBA Finals game. That's a pretty cool uh, statistic there. Uh, but when you look at what Chris Paul has been able to do, he's he's done so much from a leadership perspective. Um, now, when you look at what's happened to him physically, is the change that the Bucks have made with Drew Holiday picking Paul up full court. Now, he's not picking him up and just hounding him, uh, making him turn four and five times the length of the floor, but he's making him turn a time or two. He's uh, making him aware that he's there, and about the time that he gets cross half court, and a lot of times there's a little check, a little bump, and physically what's happening is Paul is wearing down. Well, a lot of those, you know, fadeaway jumpers, the mid-range stuff has come up short. You know, you've seen the numbers decrease, and that's the fatigue factor. Paul's 36 years old. Your your body, when you get to that age and you take that much pounding, doesn't respond like a 26-year-old Giannis, or for that matter, when Chris Paul was 26 years old. So I think that's a minor adjustment that has played a major role in in the uh, the Bucks' ability to not only get back in the series but now take a three to two uh, lead. The other piece to this that I think is there is I think physically what you've seen between Holiday, Giannis, Lopez, uh, that is a group that's just more physically ready to compete at a high level over a seven game series. Now I've got to remind you. Um. I picked the Suns in six. 
I believe the judge picked the Suns in six. Bill picked the Suns in seven. And the only person that comes through the studio that picked the Bucks to win is your local resident golf pro, Randy Watkins. Now, he did pick them in five. So we're, we're going to have to, we're, we're not going to give him a lot of slack there, but he, he's, he had the Bucks to win. So physically, what they've done is they, they've taken control. Now, down 32 to 16 at the end of one on Saturday night, Phoenix came out through a haymaker. You saw why Giannis is an MVP. You saw the holiday effect, the steal leading to the and one late. You saw all those things come into fruition, and you saw a team that at the moment is just more physically prepared. I'll give you an example. High school sports. It's the difference between a group of high school seniors that have played together, that are physically developed, and a group of high school sophomores. Uh, maybe the talent level is equal. I certainly think that this has been a very fun series to watch and some exceptional players exist in, in this in this uh, finals. But, but it's the difference between watching that senior group who have had two more years to develop, develop physically. Uh, they've had two more years to develop mentally. Uh, they can take a little bit more of a beating and still be standing. I also want to talk about Mike Budenholzer, the head coach for Milwaukee. He has gotten a, a horrible rap for not being able to coach. He doesn't make adjustments. I heard somebody talk about if Ty Lue was the head coach for the Bucks, how much different things would have been. And, and let me tell you all something. That's the biggest bunch of hogwash. If you watch these games and you see – look – in the NBA in a seven-game series, they're not coming out with new sets and and new they they are who they are. Okay. I mean, you know, they're gonna adjust what they do to what they just saw. So if you're high hedging a ball screen, then they're gonna adjust what they do. They're not gonna stop running the ball screen. They're gonna just adjust what they do to high hedge. And so much of the NBA is about switches. Well, I'm just going to run ball screens or double ball screens or horn ball screens, whatever it is, until I get to the switch I want, isolate it, whether it's in the post or on the perimeter, and go to work. Well, the minor adjustments, Holiday picking Paul up full court. Uh, Middle of the series, they threw a little bit of a zone action in defensively. Minor adjustments that Bodenhauser has made have worked out significantly in favor of Milwaukee and and he has done an amazing job, okay. Um, so so that that all that stuff, people that want to second guess, that's all hogwash. That guy is getting it done. He's gotten it done since he was in Atlanta, and with the and with the the uh, Bucks, and now he's one game away along with his Bucks squad from an NBA championship. Speaking of the NBA, you've got the uh, NBA draft coming up, and. Uh, that is going to be an interesting draft because here's something to consider. The two stars of the NBA, Devin Booker, Giannis. Uh, I'm not going to butcher his last name. Okay? The two stars from the NBA Finals. You can say that Holiday belongs in there. 
uh, maybe Middleton, obviously Paul, but let's take those two. They were the number 13 and number 15 draft picks, respectively, in their drafts. Okay? And they are now superstars. The draft is so important to be able to analyze, and your player development and personnel departments are so important when it comes to to the NBA draft because every first-round contract is guaranteed. So when you take somebody in the first round, you're guaranteeing them X amount of dollars. That sliding scale is set. This year's draft is not a loaded draft from a talent perspective. Many people talk about how, listen, if you're going to get a stud this year more than any, it's going to be at the top end. Okay, Whether that's Cade Cunningham, he's by all indicators – uh, you know, the the number one prospect in this draft, and and you know, most people would expect that the Detroit Pistons are gonna gonna go with him. Um, you have, you know, multiple other guys, whether it's Green or Mobley or uh Barnes, Suggs, you, you know, Kaminga uh, out of the Congo, whatever it is, you you better grab in that top two or three in this draft to to make a big splash. Now the most intriguing thing to me about the draft is going to be the Golden State Warriors. This is a team that's going to have Steph back healthy, Clay Thompson back healthy, Draymond Green back, James Wiseman, who they used the second pick on last year. Uh, I don't know their cap situation, but they've got Oubre going, and they have the seventh, and 14th pick in this draft. Do they trade it? Do they use them? Do they go with uh, with a guy like Moody or the, uh, the young man out of uh, Davion Mitchell? Seems to be a great fit. What they do with those two picks is going to be uh, must-watch because it really could shape the landscape of what happens through the rest of the NBA draft. We'll be back with more draft coverage and some open championship co- talk here upon further review right after this. Welcome back to Upon Further Review with Josh Dorman. If you'd like to participate in the show, give us a call at 601-366-1180. Welcome back in Upon Further Review. I am your host, Josh Dorman. It is Monday night. We are with you every Monday night, 6 to 8 p.m. I want to remind you also that you can uh, download the podcast of each of our shows. Uh, you just simply search Upon underscore, uh, excuse me, Upon Further Review. Uh, or my name, Josh Dorman, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and we would appreciate you uh, doing so. So if you miss a show, if you miss something that you want to hear, we also encourage you to follow us on Twitter, upon, for, uh, upon underscore sports, or my personal Twitter, at JD Coach, and uh, let us know uh, what, uh, what you've got going on. Uh, we had a text come in. Uh, Champ says the Bucks are looking strong. Um, and uh, that they will become just the fifth team in NBA history to come back from 0-2. 
deficit to win the championship and only the third if they were able to do it in six games. Nice facts there, Champ. Champ is our resident uh, fact machine and uh, historian for all NBA league stuff. So we were talking about the draft and the uh, Golden State Warriors having the 7th and 14th pick um, in this this uh, this year's NBA draft. And what's going to be interesting is that's really going to set the table as to where they go. And and if if they use that, and if you'll remember, they, they have the number 7 pick from the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, and the 14th pick is their own. But you, you, you look at what they do there, and it sets the table. Now, remember, we were talking about how Giannis and Booker were mid-round, mid-first-round guys, 13th and 15th. When you look at this draft class, you know, it's hard to see uh, guys that, that, that could end up in that situation. Um, you know, you're talking about guys that are projected in that area of a guy like Kispert out of, um, out of uh, uh, Gonzaga. You know, um, you know, what could he ultimately be? He's a great shooter, uh, shot 44% from the three-point line, but, but can he work up to where he is worthy of a top-10 draft pick uh, or will he be a superstar? My thoughts is he's probably just a great role player. You look at Joe Harris uh, from Brooklyn. That may be somebody that that um, you know that you could you could look at uh, as a as a potential uh, comparison. You know, Keon Johnson's getting a tremendous amount of hype uh, for his uh, his leaping ability, forty eight inch vertical. But this is a guy at Tennessee as a freshman that shot twenty seven percent. From the three-point line, he's six-five. In the NBA, you know, you it, it, you're, you're, you you have to be able to shoot the basketball. Um, you know, your athleticism is kind of countered just just because of how the game's played. Uh, so you know, you, you look at guys like that. Davion Mitchell is a guy I really like. People have talked about maybe his size being an issue. Um, you know, he's listed at six-two, but you know, he, he's probably not that tall. Uh, but he was an all everything, and look, he averaged he, he shot at almost forty five percent from the three point line for Baylor last year. Uh, Jalen Johnson out of Duke, another freshman, um, shot it well. Josh Giddy coming from Australia, that's uh, a young man that's mentioned in the middle rounds. Chris uh, Chris Duarte out of Oregon, Zaire Williams out of Stanford, Zaire Williams out of Stanford. So, are these guys potential superstars? Uh, you know, you don't ever know. But uh, but you better get it done at the front is the moral of that story. And the other moral of that story will be who tries to leap into that seven spot for the Warriors. Uh, I just don't think they go pick two first-round draft picks. Now, unless they're trying to fill out a bench, maybe so. But Ubre is probably going to walk, going to get a big offer somewhere else. And, uh, and so, you know, they've got to make some splashes in free agency as well, which I don't think that they'll have a problem doing. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens there is that seventh and 14th pick will be really be, um, you know, the, the, the key they they're going to have a lot of leverage there. Uh, speaking of leverage, Colin Morikawa did something that hasn't been done since Bobby Jones in the early part of the 19th century. And that is he just completed winning his second major in his first eight attempts. Now, he won his he won the PGA championship this year in his first attempt. 
and he just won the Open Championship in his first attempt. This was a young man that was unbelievable in college, had an unbelievable collegiate career, and he absolutely, with Jordan Spieth on his heels, uh, I get it, Oosthuizen kind of kind of fell off, but but Spieth was putting a run on it, and and Morikawa hit some golf shots that were absolutely phenomenal down the stretch. He putted phenomenally. And that is not something he's been doing. But he got hot at the right time with the putter. Congratulations to Colin Morikawa, the Open Championship winner uh, from this past weekend and now two-time major champion. And at 24 years old, does he have a run? Everybody's been waiting on on, on somebody to step up and and take the mantle of what Tiger Woods was able to accomplish. And, and, and prior to that, Jack Nicholas And everybody's trying to figure out, you know, who's the greatest? Where does that reside? And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes when you do that, you don't really sit back and enjoy just the immense talent that's on display week in and week out. You know, whether it's a Jordan Spieth, you know, obviously Thomas, uh, you know, hasn't lived up to, uh, to the hype with him. Um, you've got DeChambeau and, and uh, Kepka involved in their little quarrel that uh, is just, it's childish. It's, I think it's impacting both of their abilities to compete, although Kepka made a late run Sunday to, to get to a respectable number, as did DeChambeau. Neither of them were relevant for the tournament. The only relevant thing was, you know, DeChambeau putting his foot in his mouth and blaming his, saying he had a bad driver and quickly being condemned by Cobra Golf, and then Kepka coming back and, doing his little Twitter stuff. And I think all of this is conjured up uh, by, you know, these guys with this with this money that's at stake on social media with this new PGA policy. But, you know, we, we, we could leave that alone. That, that stuff's gotten childish. It was funny at first, but, but now it's, it's just, you know, it's childish. And, and, you know, look, nobody wants to deal with all that stuff. And, uh, you know, if I fight you, who's going to win or, you know, all that stuff. I mean, come on, that stuff happens in grade school. Let's grow up a little bit and uh, and be professionals. But at the end of the day, by searching for that next big-time great athlete, sometimes we, we tend to forget about the quality in quantity. The, the overall numbers in the game of golf is a lot of fun to watch right now. It really is. It's, it's got a lot of uh, – and, and in the state of Mississippi, we have a lot of rooting interest as well for uh, each of our – uh, professional golfers that are uh, that are giving it a go uh, right now on Corn Ferry, but we're hoping to see several of them graduate to the PGA Tour next year, and maybe we can watch them in the Open Championship. But congratulations to Colin Morikawa, just a an absolute uh, fantastic Sunday for him and uh, winning his second um, major championship. Yeah, you know Jordan Spieth actually, actually he actually lost that on Saturday because he bogeyed seventeen and eighteen. If he would have not bogeyed 17 and 18, it would have been a tie because he they both shot 66 on the final day. Yeah, yeah. That, so he, he even admitted that himself. He said, yeah, I lost it Saturday. Yeah. That Seven. was it. So it was, it was going to be a tough cl- hill to climb for him. Yeah. But but then you also look at how well Morikawa played. And oh, to yeah. Spieth's credit, man, he put a great run on it. Yeah. You know, Morikawa just – he just ate him up in the last – I mean, it was if he wouldn't amazing. Have, if Spieth wouldn't have been there, really – it wouldn't, wouldn't have been, been very interesting, Nuh-uh. you know. But he made things really interesting and made Morikawa have to hit some pressure pack shots. Spieth's third, second place. 
this I'm year? I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it, he's he's been all over. He's it. coming in second. It's good so. to see him back playing well. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, there for but a yeah, while, yeah. he had he had been in the struggle bus. It would have been a real interesting day if he hadn't bogeyed 17 and 18 on Saturday. Yes, it would. And would have put know. him in the final. Yep. Final He'd pairing. Have been in the final, which, he said, if I'd have been in that final group, it would have been so much easier to play. That's right. That's so. right. He would have had the crowds following yeah. him. Morikawa would have heard that and probably felt a little bit of that pressure. Who knows if it would have rattled him. It did not look like Morikawa could be rattled no, he based was, on. No, he was pretty well locked in. Yeah, he was He was well, rolling right along. They asked him about, you're coming to make a good show. No, I'm coming to win. I'm here to win. Yeah. He kept telling them. Yeah. You know, I'm not here just to make a showing. That's right. That's right. I'm here to win. <laughs> that's what you have to go out there and do. Yeah, and you know, that's what he You've got to have that mentality. Now and, it's on to the Olympics. It's Oh, yes. They will They will hop the plane and hopefully <laughs> not get COVID along yeah. with all the others uh, hanging out in, in the Olympic Village. Uh, speaking of, um, look, i got to give props where props are due. My two boys, my grand, my, uh, my, uh, they're Pa Bob and Jin Jin. They spent the weekend with them, and they went and saw Space Jam 2, and they loved it. Now, Everybody understands how I feel about LeBron James uh and 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 um what I believe has happened to the to the National Basketball Association while he's been their premier player uh or the one that they've put on that pedestal. You go back and look at Giannis's statistics, his uh accomplishments through the age of 26. If he wins tomorrow night, wins an NBA championship, uh there's not a lot of separation between those two. But Space Jam 2, according to my boys, was a was a two thumbs up. So uh, congratulations, LeBron James. Space Jam 2 was two thumbs up. And listen, the Dorman boys, when it comes to movies, they're tough critics. So they they gave it two thumbs up, enjoyed it. And uh, so Space Jam 2, if you've got kids, uh, you know, mine are 12 and 9. I think it's certainly age appropriate and would be something mm-hmm. good to, uh, to go catch. It only took 25 years to make the second. Yeah. Because it, they had to find a player scared to death of the michael yeah. jordan shadow yeah but they had to find a player on the caliber of michael jordan to be able to make that second movie it's exactly right and with yeah. the personality to do it yep. we'll be back right after this we've got the judge coming up he's gonna throw the flag and we're gonna have some very interesting conversation you don't want to miss it don't go anywhere more upon further review coming back right after this Welcome back to Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Dorman, on WJQS The Fan. Welcome back in to Upon Further Review. We are in the Garner Dental Group studios. And I uh, want to remind you about Jerry Brewer, a trusted choice advisor with Southern Gulf States Insurance. Contact Jerry at 601 952 3525 or at com. Also, uh, before we bring on the judge here, we want to, we had a uh, caller call in and uh, we do apologize. Um, I said that Devin Booker was the first Mississippian to play in the NBA Finals. I meant he was the first Mississippian to The start start, an NBA Finals game. Uh, So I do apologize for that. We know that Lindsey Hunter played uh, for the Detroit Pistons back in the early 2000s oh, yeah. in the finals. 
uh, Lindsey Hunter, exceptional player, among probably others that have actually played in the finals at some point. But Devin Booker is the first Mississippian to start uh, an NBA finals game. So uh, thank you to that caller for calling in. Want to make sure we get all of our information correct. And that that you hear is the walkout song for the judge from the Valley. What's happening this evening, Uncle Jim? Hey, hey, this time next week we'll have to be playing the Olympic uh, song, I think, maybe. Yes. Yeah, you know, if you were an Olympian, what would your Olympic uh, event be? (laughs) Probably the hammer throw, my friend. (laughs) Hey, I was thinking you and I in some synchronized swimming. Yeah, either that or the rhythmic. Uh, how about the non-rhythmic gymnastics? I, I could qualify for that. Hey, look, I, I'm going to say this. I'm just going to go on the record. Simone Biles is the best athlete on the planet. She, she is, is amazing and almost superhuman. Unbelievable. Absolutely. And in order to be a gymnast, you have to have nerves of steel. There's no question. Uh, what she does and the way she does it is is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and, uh, she, I think she's the best athlete on the planet. She's, she's incredible. You know, and, and with her physique and everything, I bet she could even be comfortable on one of those, uh, cardboard mattresses they have at the Olympic village this year for the athletes. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the old cardboard. <laughs> he brought that up. Yeah. Uh Oh, <laughs> he's going there. Well, oh, we'll mercy. see how that one kind of unfolds, so to speak. Well, they have a plan and we're going to see. If uh, if their plan negates some of the, uh, let's just say, extracurricular activities. Because they think the Olympians are there for something else besides <laughs> competing, don't they? That typically <laughs> takes place at the oh, Olympic uh, Village. Yeah, I, that was on the news flash today. I think we'll be seeing more of that in the days to come. Yes, I think you're you're correct. Uh, you had to educate me earlier about these uh, these cardboard beds. I had not uh, not caught that that article. Uh, or read that headline, so uh, that is certainly certainly an interesting uh, an interesting you know, story that we'll you follow. Know, jar- Japanese architecture is famous for their their thin paper walls, so uh, I mean uh, it's a good use of cellulose, but uh, you know not conducive in in group settings. I think <laughs> that is yes, so true, so true. All right, so uh, moving on from the uh, from the cardboard beds at the Olympic Village. Uh, what are we throwing the flag on tonight? Well, you know, it's kind of associated because the Olympics are probably the greatest concentration of young, world-class athletes that the world has, you know, on a four-year basis. And uh, all kidding aside, uh, you know, in our country and around the world, we're we're kind of taking a double-take now at where we are in regards to this uh, COVID pandemic. I know the president on the 4th kind of, said we're going to take a victory lap, but uh, stats on the ground are, are showing otherwise. And and really the uh, the opening that we've left in the door, so to speak, uh, is the fact that young Americans, especially 35 and under, are not statistically getting vaccinated at a rate that's, uh, that's going to give us the herd immunity that we heard about and that we all hope and pray for. Uh, and, and again, this is evidence, if you look over the last few weeks, with a number of, of athletes that have are dealing with this. Just the other day, I think five or six New York Yankees uh, came down with, uh, with it. And, of course, all of this is the Delta variant, more contagious. We still don't know uh, how lethal it might be. It seems 
uh, not too much more lethal than the other. But the people that are dying and in the ICUs today, Josh, are all people that have not been vaccinated. So I think this is a chance for uh, young athletes and young people, not only from the you know the U.S. and uh, but around the world, to really uh, use this as a platform. Uh, it's it's the patriotic thing to do no matter where you're from. You're doing it not only always to help yourself, but to help your family, to help your team, to help your community and your country. Yeah, so that's a good point. And, and look, you know, from the show's perspective, uh, we want to encourage you uh, when it comes to COVID to consult with your doctor. It's a health care decision that should be made between you and your doctor and, and what you decide there. But we've also talked about, and, and the point that you're making is is a relevant one because when you hear people like Greg Sankey from the SEC or when you hear uh, what's going on in Olympic Village, uh, when you hear about high school sports about to come back, full stadiums, um, there is a certain amount of education that each person uh, owes one another to understand uh, the benefits, risks, uh, not just to yourself, but to society as whole uh, in, in this process. And, and to give you an, an idea for the state of Mississippi right now, um, from the Department of, of, uh, of uh, Health's website, it, it appears that about a third of the state of Mississippi population is currently fully vaccinated. Um, now, you know, there's another 125,000, 30,000 or so that have had at least an additional shot. I don't know what what uh, what category certain age groups fall in or any of that uh, demographic information to know, you know, uh, you know, what age groups, et cetera, uh, are are more prevalent. Certainly, you know, the older you are, the more uh, the more at risk potentially you could be. Uh, But as you said, this is a this is an issue that goes beyond and it will impact sports as it has. You mentioned the Yankees Red Sox uh, as it has with regards to USA basketball and as it has. uh, you know, in other arenas as well. So, uh, you know, look, that's our our kind of uh, uh, our 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 tale of it. Uh, certainly, we think it's a it's something that you should consult with your doctor. But but also, you know, we want to do things that are in the best, uh, not just for ourselves, but for others. And that goes along with family. Did you hear? Uh, did you hear Teddy Dice from Ridgeland High School earlier talk about the acronym for family? I did not, Josh. I'm sorry. It's it's forget about me. F-A-M, I yeah. love you, I-L-Y. And, and that, is, that is his acronym for family within his football program, and I think it would be relevant in this situation as well. Oh, absolutely. That, that's a great tenet, Josh. And uh, if, if we do that, if we're not just living for ourselves, which is, of course, you know, uh, I think the way to self-actualization in life, uh, that you're living for something just more than yourself, and that's what I hope happens with our country, that we can pull it together and all go for that common goal, save lives. We don't know where this thing could go in the future if it's allowed to continue to mutate. So uh, as the great Barney Fife once said, we got to nip it. Nip, nip it, it in, the, in bud. the bud. That's, that's right. That's right. Well, look, uh, you know, along those lines, Greg Sankey came out today and said that the threshold for football programs was 85%. And if you don't reach that 85%, the measures, the testing measures, and all of those strict measures will remain in place. And, oh, by the way, if if you lose the ability to play the game, you have to forfeit. Right. 
Well, there's some incentive there. That's that's putting the uh, stick in front of the carrot. But hey, that's that's what uh, reality calls for. No doubt. Speaking of carrots, hey, my wife made some unbelievable fajitas and vegetables tonight. Shout out to her. Hey, we'll be back with more with the judge and the good call and bad call of the week here on Upon Further Review. Last segment coming up. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Upon Further Review on WJQS The Fan. Listen to us on the web at WJQSTheFan.com. Welcome back in Upon Further Review. Final segment of the night here in the Garner Dental Group Studios. Garner Dental Group is a collection of 18 dental and orthodontic offices conveniently located across Mississippi. Check out their website, LakeGarnerDentalGroup.com, or call 601 601- 271-8710 to find one of their five metro locations or others across the state and region. Also want to remind you about Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi, BCS, BCBSMS.com. Live healthy, live blue. We are back and welcome back with us, the judge. And uh, he just threw the flag. And uh, we had a great conversation about the vaccination efforts in this country, how they impact sports. And now we're going to go to the good call and bad call of the week. Let's start with some good news. What's your good call of the week? Hey, you know, there's lots of good news. And uh, out there, despite sometimes my uh, critical approach, but, hey, my good call this week, Josh, goes to the human quality of loyalty. And my two examples, my shining examples, are, are to be found nowhere other than the NBA Finals in the persons of Devin Booker and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Both of these guys were drafted by their teams, uh, I believe, six and seven years ago. And uh, both at uh, their free agent opportunity, uh, before which they both got max contracts, uh, you know, they decided to, uh, instead of going for the super team concept and going to where they're recruited, uh, they showed loyalty to their team uh, to their cities, to their families, and uh, I, it's paying dividends. Uh, and it's nice to see that loyalty uh, does pay off, that some of these, these qualities that, uh, you know, in, in team building, uh, even in our country, you know, we need – right now we're broken between do we love it or do we don't love it. But I tell you, you got to love these guys and the success that they're having as a result of, of, you know, I think doing the right thing for their personal careers. One other thing, Josh, you know, you got you got to. Uh, I'm going to throw this out to Champ. Champ's looking uh, sweet right now, uh, but you know, regardless of whether my call comes out or not, uh, you know, this has been a, a great finals. It's been played team ball. It's uh, coming down to maybe who has the more uh, weapons, who, who has the superior maybe strength 
in this regard uh, as the way it's looking. But, uh, you know, the fact those two cornerstones are there and leading this. By the way, this isn't the Bucks' first run. They've had the best record two out of the last three years. Somewhat like the old uh, uh, Pistons and uh, Bulls teams that had to climb the mountain. That's so exactly the Suns right. are, you know, they've been on this juggernaut their first time out this year, first time in the playoffs in 11 years. So great tip of the cap, win or lose. But the Bucks have really worked their way into this position, and kudos to them. All right, so on the heels of that, who wins game six? Do the Suns force a game seven, or do the Bucks raise the Larry O'Brien trophy? Well, you know, the last uh, two of the last three games have been razor thin. You know, the great block on Deion Ayton's uh, alley-oop from Paul, and, you know, they've turned on a turnover, the, the great steal by uh, Drew Holiday in that last game, and, of course, the lob to Giannis that put the icing on it in a one-point game. So, you know, uh, anything could happen. I'm certainly not counting the Suns out. Uh, they had a great start but couldn't sustain it. Again, a lot of that due to Milwaukee's uh, defensive ability, their strength on the boards, and their shooting lights out. I mean, I've never seen them shoot like this. Kudos to them. But, uh, you know, my uh, – we, are we going to move on to my bad call now, Josh? Yeah, who you got? You got to you Here force. We go. You force. On, uh, keep, keeping it in the NBA. I couldn't okay. believe my eyes the other game. The NBA just blows my mind sometimes, you know, with the superstar calls. I'm still not sure always about their official assignments and whether they're putting the thumb on. I got – you've heard my opinions on the major sports leagues. But uh, the bad call of the week goes to the NBA and my Phoenix Suns. For, I don't know if you saw, I'm sure you saw the game the other day, but did you notice uh, there was a guy in the front row that had his own bottle of liquor? I, I did notice LeBron James sitting there, but until you mentioned it to me, <laughs> I did not notice a certain brand of uh, of spirit beside him. Oh, yes. And, you know, I didn't know they had bottle service uh, in the NBA arenas, uh, arenas these days. But here, here is, well, I'm not sure I couldn't hear you call it. I think it was Lagon, didn't you say Lagon? Lagon, the Brit, to be gone out of the spotlight. He's always got to be self-promoting. Not that there's anything wrong with that, within reason. But here's here's a guy that probably you know millions and millions of kids around the world look up to this guy. Here he is getting special treatment. Anybody else has an open bottle in the arena? I mean, anybody, and they're gone. Yeah. They are Lagon. Uh, but here's this guy getting a courtside king-like treatment sitting there with his buddies, uh, drink, sipping glasses of his own personal brand, I'm sure, that's come out in the last month. Oh, by the way, uh, when he broke a protocol with his uh, tequila come-out party, I don't think there was any repercussions, as I recall. So the NBA, boy, they sure are playing the superstar play. Uh, and to let LeBron get away with this, I'm sure, you know, the Suns had some pressure, but uh, they, they caved in. And I'm, I got to say, bad call. If I had another flag, it's out on that. And, and what a shame uh, that here's a guy on one hand, he's got kids' movies that are great. And on the other hand, he's showing them, uh, you know, how not to uh, do it. We want kids to stay out of pawn shops and liquor stores. There's too many of them in the inner city community. A large percentage of the, uh, the viewership is you know, among minority populations as well as everybody. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, so I, I guess it's a bad call, uh, NBA, Phoenix Suns, and I don't think he understands, but even on LeBron, nice role model. Well, there you have it. You got good call, bad call of the week. We threw the flag, and uh, as always, now, now look, I got to get back to my previous question. 
do 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 the Suns force Game Seven, or do does Milwaukee end it tomorrow night? Well, you know, everybody's calling Milwaukee tomorrow night. You know, all the pundits, and uh, so I'm going to go uh, contrarian as usual, and I'm going to say the Suns are due to to take one uh, at Milwaukee, and uh, you know. Most of all, I'm anticipating a great game, but I would love TC7. So, all right, go Suns tomorrow night. So here's a follow up to that: if they force a game seven, can the judge come through and score tickets to game seven, <laughs> and I'll fly out there and we'll go. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, James Jones' just kids do go to my school, but I, I think he's a little busy right yeah. now. So I'll just kind of slim, Josh. Probably put your put your private jet on hold, buddy. That's right. I'll Sorry. be I'll be watching it from the couch uh, with the family, and uh, we'll have to save that one for another trip. As always, appreciate you joining us. Good call, bad call of the week, as well as throwing the flag. Uh, appreciate all the content you bring us, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks a lot. I enjoyed it. Yes, go indeed. Times. So that was, uh, you heard it right there, the judge bringing LeBron to task for his own private liquor bottle there on courtside, uh, as well as uh, as well as well uh, good call to Giannis and Booker for staying home, signing back with, um, with their respective teams. And I do want to remind you, uh, tonight's show, uh, as, as well as all of our shows, are available via podcast. Uh, we welcome you to download that podcast. You can uh, access it via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Simply search upon further review or my name, Josh Dorman. And uh, we appreciate everybody that's downloaded that those podcasts uh, and certainly hope that you enjoy those. Uh, maybe pick something up like, uh, uh, you know, some of our conversations tonight about uh, the vaccine or, uh, you know, when you listen to uh, Coach Teddy Dice uh, talk about uh, the acronym for family or uh, being tough. Or maybe it was when Robert Wilson mentioned a couple great stories about young athletes in the state whose parents he covered as athletes in the state. Whatever it is, we hope that you'll uh, download that podcast and continue to enjoy the show. If you have a minute, give us a rating there. Uh, certainly would be greatly appreciated. Uh, as always, we do appreciate you joining us, and we do appreciate Jerry Brewer, a trusted choice advisor with Southern Gulf States Insurance. Contact Jerry at 601-952-3525 or southerngulfstates.com. Um, we, um, as we end the show, we always end it, uh, you know, with a little saying or uh, we're, we, we tried to change it up a little bit. We've done a few song lyrics. We've done a little bit of everything, but but I really, I, you know, when I when I when I get to the end of it, I think it's Monday night. You've just finished the first day of your week. We hope that we brought some entertainment your way, some conversation that we've highlighted an athlete or two locally that we've told a story uh, that you've enjoyed, or maybe we brought a statistic your way that you haven't heard throughout your day on sports radio. Our goal is to be different. Uh, not to be different, just to be difficult, but just to bring different content in hopes that it's just a little bit of a, a change of pace for you. Um, whatever that is, we hope that you end the show, that you end your Monday night with an outlook and a perspective uh, that's positive, that's uplifting, that is uh, forward-thinking, and uh, that you can take with you to attack the rest of your week, uh, to be successful in whatever it is that you do, to meet the challenges that you meet head-on. 
And so we'll leave you with this. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again next Monday night, 6 to 8 p.m., may God hold you in the palm of his hand. This has been Upon Further Review. I have been your host, Josh Dorman. Thank you for joining us. Join us next week once here again, 6 to 8 p.m. Have a great week. God bless.